Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of RB Podcast. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Today we have our special guest, Latif, here. Say hi, Latif. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm saying hi. Let me get that. Hello. <laughs> we had to force him on to the show again to talk about today's topic. Force is like the most aggressive word you could use, but I did take a long time to like actually do it. <laughs> All right, Robert. So today's topic is definitely a lot more on the serious side. If you guys have been tuned in to news, media, whatever, you know what has been going on with the whole George Floyd case and the protesters and the riots. And I think that today's episode is going to be one of those episodes where, yes, we are recording this for you guys, but we are also just three friends coming together at a time where shit is really hard and really rough. And we are just looking for the support from each other and uh, using this as an outlet to share our thoughts and to, you know, hopefully create change. But mainly it's more of like therapy for yeah, us. Absolutely. Um, so I think Latif has a really good way of saying like the background of the story of what happened um, with George Floyd. Would you like to tell the viewers, the listeners? Well, yeah. Um, so... I think I can like kind of go back to like earlier today. It's been like a constant conversation I've been having with people um, in real life and on the internet. So um, I was going to Whole Foods because I live in Los Angeles and we have a curfew now because of the protests and everything closes at like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. So I had to get everything done early. My Uber driver is um, Mexican and an immigrant, and he just could not wrap his head around why everything was happening the way that it was. And it just kind of made me think that people who are not Black really don't understand exactly what it is to be Black in America. And I think that that's mostly to do with, you know, celebrities and people who are, like, um, affluent. And, like, you see these people in, like, higher positions. So you think, oh, well if they're famous or if they're doing things that have a lot of money, then racism must not exist because they're, you know, they're doing it. They're, they're living the American dream. And racism is so much deeper than that. It goes way past just calling someone the N-word or not hiring them because of their skin color. It's so deeply ingrained in American culture that it's something that we deal with in all facets of life. And George Floyd was just like Robert mentioned, like the the first straw to break the camel's back. And there's just so many things that are leading up to this. There is a president who is just absolutely incompetent. We have a virus that killed 100,000 American people. And we're all home and we're all seeing this. And it's like people are dying who could have been alive if we took proper measures to avoid this whole virus situation. We don't have people who are, you know, in hospitals without things to help them or protect them, but we have enough money from military and to, to give to police for tear gas and for, for bullets that are literally causing people to go blind just because we're peacefully protesting about not killing Black lives. So it's a lot deeper than just George mm-hmm. Floyd. Not to mention that me and Brittany just came on the episode the previous week and had the Ahmed Mar- 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 Marbury case where he was just shot and gunned down. And the fact that, like, one week, me and Brittany took one week off, and mm-hmm. that was enough time 
for the whole entire world to turn upside down. And it's like the fact that we just had all those white protesters out protesting against social distancing and they were doing it with machine guns and fucking rifles and automatic weapons and there was no tear gas. There was no huge police, mm-hmm. you know, presence. And the fact that, you know, two people have just died back to back and we have, you know, people out there protesting for Black Lives Matter and it's just the message is getting lost mm-hmm. and they're, everything is just getting fucked up. So I yeah. think that... It's just so crazy to me how people will go out and they will break like social distancing in order to protest about getting to go get their hair cut and getting to go to dinner and all of these like just things that are just miscellaneous not even important and putting their lives at risk and you know a black mm. person t- two black people within a short span of time die in a very unjust way and they're like why are you guys protesting what's the what's the matter they're doing it with weapons with mm-hmm. weapons they're doing it with with weapons that can cause harm to someone else and they're they're blatantly doing it they're not hiding it the weapons are out there fucking praying that shit around and it's like what do you guys really care about like i think that that's that's what we have to get down to is that what is it that america really cares about and i think that we as black people have begun to understand what it is that they care about so the big topic right now is oh my god why are they looting why are they fucking shit up why are they destroying stuff that has nothing to do with the black lives matter but it's like you need to look under the layer of that. You need to look deeper as to why shit like that is happening. The reason why black people are destroying and fucking shit up is that we have been peacefully protesting, nobody listens. We have been preaching, nobody listens. We've been doing sit-ins, nobody listens. We've we've done every peaceful route that people have asked us to do, and it's falling on deaf ears. So after a while, after you push a certain group back into a fucking corner and make them feel like their life doesn't matter, what they do doesn't matter, nothing that they have no control over their own survival. It's like, what do you expect? And us as black people, we have realized that they Mm -hmm. don't give a shit about us. So if that's the case, you know what America does give a shit about? And we know that their business. We know that they care about how much they sell. We know that they care about capitalism. So what are we going to do to bring attention? We're going to start fucking shit up. And it's like, people want me to feel bad for the businessmen who can't put food in their mouth and all that shit. And it's like, but why? Why is it that we are, why are we at this point? Why is it that it took all of this for you to listen to us in the first place? I can't feel bad for something that is bringing attention to a problem that we've had for years and years and years. Sorry. I'm sorry that your urban, your urban outfitters and your fucking Sephora is fucked up. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. It's like, uh, like what else do people expect at this point? Like we, you know, ever since social media has become really popular, every black death that has happened has been all over the media. And it's just like, what has to happen for white people to pay attention, to sit down and be like, well, why are they doing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, Someone wouldn't go out and put their lives at risk to go and protest and to go loot and do all of these different things if it wasn't a big cause. And I and I feel like people are a lot of not all white people, but a lot of white people are still just completely missing the point. They think that people just want to go out and just create chaos. But it's like, who really wants to go out knowing that they're probably going to like have tear gas go in their eyes today? Who? Yeah. Um. I think that there is a tale of two Americas here. And there's one that you as a person of color, um, specifically Black, 
experience and then there's the America that you experience if you're white and I think that a lot of people don't really they don't really believe it um because it's not straight and blatant in your face as we were told in history books but the inception of America was dead on arrival um it all began with looting looting land from the indigenous people who resided here before the first pilgrim stepped foot on here. Um, it started when they lied and they were trying to take their their stuff from them, even though that the indigenous people wanted to keep everything and then they kind of just like put them in a corner and say, you know what, this is our country now and we're gonna start doing things the, the way that we wanna do. It started when they started bringing slaves over here and looted everything from Africa. So it's, it's kind of mind boggling to me that the whole, the whole ideology of America has been riots, being free, being able to speak your mind and being able to live in a world that you believe in. And it doesn't matter that it's from a black person. It's just that they don't wanna hear it because it reminds them too much of what happened in the past. And they don't wanna, they don't wanna believe that that have they, they always say well that's history like like it's ancient history and it's honestly just yeah it's, it's ancient honestly history, yeah. just history repeating itself because when the colonizers yeah. landed in america they gave the indigenous people blankets that had smallpox on it knowing that their immune systems couldn't handle it in order to kill them off so yeah. this is literally yeah. police going and killing black people one by one in an effort to mm-hmm. make America, quote unquote, great again, make America white America. Yeah. And um, I wanted to bring Latif on here, um, particularly because he's been having so many arguments with ignorant ass people online. And it, it's just yeah. like incredible the amount of ignorance. It's, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I purposefully logged out of my other social media accounts because I'm pretty like um, active on Instagram and I'm active on Twitter, but those are like hit really hard with all of like the, the crucial information that we need to see. And I think it's important as a black individual living in America to like take a step back so you're not overwhelmed because it's overwhelming and it's mentally taxing and it's just too much. So I think it's important to take a step back. But in regards to doing that, I did go back onto Facebook to purposefully see what people who I grew up with and see what their mindsets were because I I know the life that I lived growing up and I never really dealt with racism like head on. So I know that people who probably grew up with black people are having a hard time grasping the reality because they're like, well, I have black like friends in high school or my best friends. Yeah, like that's some type of validation. And I'm talking to these people, mostly their parents or friends of friends who are older, some younger, and they have a whole different perception of America and it starts with history books we all know that history is only written by the victors so they can omit whatever they want we all know that when it came to Black History Month we literally only learned about slavery and then a week about Martin Luther King and not even the nitty-gritty we learned about the protests and that was it so for them they think they know everything about what it is to be Black in America but we know the truth of the answer of the matter so it's just basically me kind of like starting shit with them just because I know that they have no kind of basis on their ideologies. I'm like, at this point, I can eat you up like 
all day because you have no kind of facts to back you up. All of yours is feelings and opinions. Like at this point, you might as well just say I'm racist. I don't think that black people should have the same rights as me because without racism, mm-hmm. I'm nothing. And it's like, of course, like, at that all point, people have something to say because they're uh, finally being called out. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable for me. Like, I can't believe that you guys are like yeah. creating this attacking me attacking me like you know ruining my day and here's what i think and robert just so right before that we started filming yeah i kind of want to i kind of want to get into like that situation i kind of want to like like because it's it's a perfect example of what you guys are talking about and i think that people need a direct example and they need to understand the context of these situations these types of situations so i'm like Mm -hmm. should i go ahead and like go through this what what happened earlier yeah absolutely because i just feel like it's just like literally the most prime example of white privilege and it's so white privilege that this person can't even see past it after facts are being thrown at her face because oh my gosh my privileges are being taken away and i just can't understand why that's an issue yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go through this interaction that I had on Facebook, and hopefully this can open your guys' eyes to what it is that me, Latif, and Brittany are trying to combat on social media all the time. Because it's it's just, it's this weird balance. This is weird balance of like you want to use your voice, you want to speak out, you want to make sure that you aren't silent, that you aren't complicit with everything that's going on. But at the same time, it's fucking draining. So yeah. here we go. I I posted. This picture of Colin Kaepernick, everybody should know about that, that overall situation. He nailed it yeah. in the NFL to bring awareness to the fact that black lives are being killed. And a, right man, a, a white man posted this, and he said, I, I owe you an apologize. I, I can't even talk. I owe you an apology, <laughs> Kaepernick. Four years ago, you made a statement, and I didn't agree with your platform. Many of my family members and people I love defended and died for the flag for which you knelt before. I was offended and openly critical of your protest. I failed to lovingly come by your side and hear your heart. I looked at how you were protesting instead of why. As a result, your cry for help fell upon deaf ears. I'm sorry. Perhaps if I listened four years ago, things would be different. Maybe if I joined you in your crusade, we would have made an impact together. You chose to peacefully nail and I condemned you for that. I am sorry. So I posted that and I said, a lot of people owe this man an apology because mm-hmm. once again, they do. Like, we were asked to do it peacefully. This man got on his platform, did it peacefully, and was crucified. So once I posted that, one of my friend's moms actually commented, and it's really funny now because I'm on here and I'm trying to go back and read the she comments. She deleted and guess it? what she did? Oh. She deleted them. Stop. So pretty much. Can screenshot it. I uh, I, I can I no, can I fill in the missing pieces if you remember enough, Robert. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, pretty much, she responded and say and said, "I will have to respectfully disagree to this statement. You know, the only apology that needs to be had is the one to God. <laughs> and if you feel any other any other type of way, pretty much." You know, whatever. And this throughout this whole entire statement, she's posting hands that have like black, white, and like you know, trying to show that she's having equality. She's posting hearts and all that shit. So I respond to her and I said, you know, the main thing that this, this is the main response I want to have. 
let me just put into context what you just said on your previous comment. You told a black man who is protesting on the killing of his people to sit down and shut up because we pay him too much money to have an opinion. And it's not the time or place to have a conversation. This is wrong in so many ways. Number one, there is no correct time or place to defend people that look like you being slaughtered in the streets. Number two, you as a white woman don't get the privilege to tell a black man how he should respond to racism or prejudice, no matter how much they are paid. And number three, you sugarcoated your previous statements with emojis, emojis and peace hands, but nothing you said was peaceful. Context means everything. Always remember that. And the fact is, is that this woman thought that she was going to just come onto my page where I was supporting a black man standing up for his rights and the rights of other black people and tell me that she disagrees and that he should have shut the fuck up with his blackity black thoughts and that, you know, we pay him way too much money to be sitting there talking about this nigga shit and that he needs to shut up and play football. And it's so funny because she disguised all of that with hearts and, oh my God, God is so great. You know, everybody loves God. I'm praying for you. But it's like, nigga, you literally just told me to shut up. You literally just told all, all, all black people to shut up. And, and like the thing is, think that like, even if you are uh, an ally with the Black Lives Matter movement, you just have no position to have an opinion about anything that a black person does in defense of their people being killed. You have no right to speak about anything. And it's like, of course, you can't ever understand the position that a black person is in because you are not black and you will never be black. So what you need to do is take a take a backseat to all these comments that you're making in op- opposition to the Black Lives Matter movement. And you need to educate yourself about what's going on, why the movement even started and how you can help these people who are around you. And it's so crazy because like these people that are commenting all of these things invalidating the Black Lives Matter. Uh, matter movement will go to work and go to happy hour on all of these fucking American ass shit and hang out with their black friends and act like nothing's wrong. But then like their black, the black person that they're hanging out with cousins gets killed in the street and they're like, oh, well, I mean, like he, he was reaching for something in his pocket. He shouldn't have been reaching. Or even worse. Well, everyone gets killed by the police and like they should all be held accountable. Like there is this whole debate about, you know, because, like, right now we're talking about the police force and, like, not even just America's blatant racism, but just, like, how emboldened the police is in this country and how they are never held accountable for their murders. That's we're just going to call it that. Yeah, their murders murder, of innocent absolutely. people. And then it's straight-up murder. And there are people who will defend it because they don't, They've never either been put in a predicament where someone they loved was killed and they were innocent because of their their skin color, and they're they they look at police as these these saviors, and they don't know the history of police. Police before being incepted were slave wranglers, like that's a, a fact. Like when slavery was abolished, these slave wranglers created a police force. And those racist ideologies are still alive today. And like, you think that mm-hmm. they just magically disappeared. Like, you just think that it's so far gone that we're so beyond racism. I don't see it personally. So it must not be happening anymore. Even when people, Black people in your life are telling you, Black people online are telling you, there are movements across the world and you still 
are having a hard time conceptualizing that maybe this little bubble I lived in in white America yes, isn't actually the oh, truth. And, and it's, it's just sad. so apparent so in so many different aspects and so many different situations that are occurring simultaneously with what's going on now. Like, you know, when, you know, coronavirus first started, everyone was so terrified about it. Everyone was staying inside. And then at a certain point, everyone was just kind of like, well, I'm not sick. My they friends aren't sick. My family's not sick. So this must yeah. not be real. And they ignored it while hundreds, you know, you know, 100,000 people mm-hmm. have died so far. And they still go out and do what they want. And they don't believe in social distancing. I, I work at a restaurant. I've had all the guests tell me it's weird that I'm wearing a mask, that they don't believe that ma- the masks work because it's not happening to them until something happens to them. And it's your sister, yeah. your brother, your father, your mother dying. They're not going to give a fuck because guess what? America's Americans are selfish. That's selfish. Americans are so selfish. And I think that, like, if not before I move on to that, like, that whole situation with the whole Facebook thing, I need everybody to, like, take a second and realize that what she did was her practicing her, her white privilege. The fact that she mm-hmm. felt like she could come on, say whatever the fuck she wants, gets called out. And, and then, then it just disappears. The like, runs. nothing ever happened. Like, mm-hmm. There's no consequence. Exactly. Disappears. You were and then, the then one. you look angry. You then were you the, the one angry person. Yeah, you're the one who came in and enacted this anger you're the one who called all these people to respond and then now when it's time for you to stand up for what you believe in and back up back up that shit and keep that same energy all of a sudden you're like oh yes shit. people are people are yes and people she had are, so and many people commenting and i was one of those comments mm-hmm. and you know robert had called me twice before while the conversation was going on because he was getting so upset about it robert was responding to this lady in such a peaceful way just to try to explain his position and this lady basically ended up her last message saying Saying that, well, you know, when I sit down to watch a football game, I just want to sit down and be entertained. I don't want to have to like sit. In. And so I'm just, I commented back oh, to her. Girl. And I'm like, it must be so nice to have that white privilege that the biggest issue in your life is that you turned on your football game and a black man was kneeling. Isn't that so nice? And then she deleted her shit. Bye, Karen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. surprised, dude. And like the, the funny, the funny thing is, is that like this person who commented was a friend of mine from the past, but it was her mom. So it's like, yeah, it shows you that these people are people that you know. They're people that it's are your neighbor. Right, they're not, yeah. people that are walking mm-hmm. on the streets. They're people that are right next to you. Exactly. It's and your they're neighbors. Not, they're not having the hard conversations that they need to have. And the fact that like when it went, once it got hard, it turned into, well, God bless all y'all. Let's pray. Let's. Yep. Pray. We don't want your prayers. We do, my my whole thing with this whole Black Lives Matter thing is that we don't need no more awareness. We know what the fuck uh-huh. is going on. We know what the issue yep. is. We know what the problem is. I don't want any more awareness. I don't want your prayers. I don't want your thoughts. I don't want change. none of that shit. I want action. Mm-hmm. And like, I want change. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like everyone needs to try to make this a political matter. They need to stop making this a matter of religion. It's not about that. It is about human rights, human lives. Death is happening all yeah. around us. There, are, mm-hmm. I, I think people get so desensitized by the amount of media that they see every day that they don't realize that one person matters. That George Floyd, he matters. Yeah. He had a yeah. life. He had family. That's a, a whole person 
that is missing off of this earth for not a goddamn reason. Why should someone have to sit there and plead for their life? Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Literally, it's just like humanity. And like in our episode where we talked about free speech, talk shit, get hit. It was just literally the whole message that we're trying to reach to people is just have some fucking humanity be kind to each other like if you remove all skin on my body all mm-hmm. of the skin on latif's body all of the skin on robert's body guess what we are fucking human we're all the same mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know i always i have like this like theory you know when um I'm not sure whose theory it was, like our survival of the fittest and how when you're in the wild as an animal, you have a pact of people and your main like basic instinct is survival. And anything that's seen as a threat, you either run away from it or you fight it. And I think that somewhere along the line, white people feared everyone that was different from them as that threat. And they feel that they are doing this as a survival mechanism that, well, if I give them rights, then I won't have anything for myself. Or if I give them food, then I'll go hungry. Or if I let this person to my country, then I won't have any more jobs. It's an amplified survival of the fittest that just got so misconstrued and so like filtrated with just like negative vile energy that it's just so disgusting. And it's just, you live in this world that you think is, well, I'll go to school, I'll get a nice job, I'll meet a nice man or a nice woman, we'll have a kid, one dog, a picket fence, and then I'll die happy. That is the American dream that we've been told for quite a long time. And for them, that still is the case. Anyone else who poses as a threat to it is, I don't know. They they just don't see us as human. It's just basically what I'm going at. It's just anyone who's different than them, they don't really see us as human. They may not say it, but they think of us as lesser than them. They think that this country is theirs, and they think that they're allowing us to stay here um, because this whole argument about go back to your country. I'm like, well, girl, I was born here, so Brought here first. Un, un, unintentionally, by the way. Unintentionally. Yeah, that's that's the ending statement I've been getting from a bunch of people who are usually friends who I had in high schools, like parents, as you were saying. Um, so it's only one generation behind. And it's not as loudly as maybe their grandparents, but it's still there because that's the first thing they resort to when they get attacked or they get called out is to, oh my well, go back to your country. Girl, like then go, so back much, to me, go back they, to England, yeah, go back to like, France. They, like, the indigenous people of America, the Native Americans, are the ones who this land belongs to. So tell me to go home. Let's all go home and give these people back their land. Let's go all go home, too. You stole it. And like, well, this is our place. Well, no, we. you would not have this without slave labor. Mm-hmm. You would not have anything without slave labor. We've built this whole place up for you to sit back and enjoy everything that you have, all the commodities is off of the back of slaves. And you want to talk about go back to your own country? You wouldn't have shit if it wasn't for... And even to this day, brown people are still keeping this country afloat, doing mm-hmm. jobs that white people do not want to do. So it's just... It's so mind-boggling to me. It's like... It's, and you know, I, I, the issues that everyone has yeah, with um, looting and... And it's just like, well, you stole a whole country. So there's that. 
I mean, shall we? Shall we bring that up? Yeah, it's like your museums are all stolen loot from all across the world. Do you ask, um, what's his name? The guy who was buried in um, <laughs> Egypt, King Tut. Yeah. Do you ask King Tut if you could bar- borrow all of his things? You are robbing a dead man and displaying his shit mm-hmm. all across your your museum. But that's not looted. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was borrowed. Mm-hmm. They lended it to you. What's the, what is it? And, and and like on our on our continuing with that argument of like fucking disagreeing with their arguments, I think that one thing that I hear a lot of is okay, well, but if you want us to con- like you know control that, we need to start controlling black on black crime first. Let me go ahead and get into black on black crime. So why is it that black on black crime doesn't exist? Number one, yeah, doesn't It's crime. And it's it's crime exactly. So it's it's realistic that. If there are certain people segregated into certain areas of the world, there are people where there are lots of Asian people, there's areas where there's lots of Asian people, areas where there's lots of black people, areas where there's lots of white people, and the people that you are in proximity with are the people that you end up doing crime to. It's just natural. It's natural because you guys are sharing the same space, you're in the same environment. Mm -hmm. So the fact that because we're in certain black areas, it's black on black crime, it's like, dude, it's crime. You don't say yeah. white on white crime. We don't say Asian on Asian on crime. It's just the fact that yep. because it's black on black crime, that gives them a reason and an excuse as to why not to deal with the shit that we bring up. Because you guys need to deal with and you deal with what's inside of your society first. No, dude. First of all, it's everyone's problem. That's that's the main thing mm-hmm. I was trying to get everyone to understand too. White people have been quiet and they've been silent because they feel like it's not their problem. But guess what? This yeah. is not a Black people versus police issue. That's not what's happening here. This is a mm-hmm. everyone versus racism issue. Mm-hmm. That's what that, yep. that's what it is. Bottom line. So forget all that black on black crime shit. And if you're gonna use that as an argument, please look up and research and understand what the fuck you're saying before you say some uneducated shit like that. Because shit like that, once you say once that comes out of your mouth, I don't care about you know. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like once, like you can say one thing that can like trick me, tick me into like realizing that you have no idea about the world that you live in. And I'm like, oh, this is a moot point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally arguing with a fucking brick. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I'm just gonna like, I'm like, I say, well, stay mm-hmm. safe, and I'm a clock out because it's just, I'm just wasting my breath at that point. I rather talk to people who seem like they can get an idea or grasp or are like in a gray area. Those are the people that, even though we shouldn't have to convince people to not be racist, but that's just the truth of the matter. But the people who are kind of in the gray area, who are like teetering the line, they don't really know what's going on, but they're like willing to like listen. Those are the people who are worth having conversations with. The people who've already made up their mind that, well, Black people are just lesser than because that's just what I was taught. Do you know that in the 1940s, they literally taught classes about how black people were monkeys. Like, like they literally taught classes about how we were naturally prone to be aggressive with diaphragms and like, <laughs> well, diagrams. Like- um, um, <laughs> actual diaphragms. <laughs> of diagrams of black people to show how their souls are like, oh my different. God. So they must make a different yeah, subspecies. See, this was taught to people. And it was legal. So when people talk about legality with things that are happening, I'm like, fuck it. It used to be legal to have slaves. It used to be legal to illegal to um, harbor anyone who was Jewish. So it's like, at what point do you think, oh, this is not right? 
Is that it's because it's not affecting you? That's why. So I guess I guess the question now is that we know about the protests, we know about the riots and everything, but us, us as our yeah. a, a, a group of friends. What do we mm-hmm. want to see change, and how do we think that we get uh, to that? Change? I want to see just as a starter. I want to see police reform, like because you know not only with black violence, yes, absolutely, but just with so many other things. Police just do not do their jobs. I am like a avid listener of true crime podcast, and I swear to God, and I've listened to like three hundred episodes. Episode, the reason why they cannot find the person is because of the police because the police don't fuck their job well when they say what happened there's just so much issue surrounding police and they need to go through like different types of schooling to where their state is looked at jury where your stances with things like police do Yeah, um, just to um, kind of piggyback off of that with like the police, I would love to see police reform. I think that if we start from that, we can really see some positive change because right now the truth of the matter is police act as executioners to white, like for white people. So if a white person doesn't like what a black person is doing or any other person of color, they call the police. And for the most part, the police will believe the white person. So it's like their own personal bodyguard. And then if the police hurt someone, then who's going to check them? Who checks the police? So we need police reform immediately. Um, I think from that point onward, we can really make some positive change. Um, we need psychological things for police. Um, it's just way too easy to be a police a policeman. Like this country is built on the idea of power. And the quickest way to have power in this country is to be a policeman or go to school for eight weeks and then bam, you got a badge and you can shoot people and just take out all of your anger on the and world you know, on innocent just people. To pause so and I like, think that's just a take really a step good first step. Go into what you just said um, about the police just being able to do whatever they want. So uh, the mi- state of Minnesota just filed a civil rights um, lawsuit against the Minneapolis Police Department for what they did. And now they're going to review 10 years of what they've done to see if they've partaken in systemic um, racism. And so I think that is such a positive step forward. It shows that, you know, the police need to be kind of need to be slapped on their Mm -hmm. wrist and be like, hey, you can't do whatever the fuck you want. And like people above them are finally speaking up and we are getting change, you know, even if it's something Mm -hmm. as little as an investigation, you know, it's something in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. I guess the main change that I want to see is that, like, I don't want to, when I have kids, to have to sit down and have the conversation about if you get stopped by a police officer, you keep your you, right. you keep your hands on that steering wheel. You say yes, sir. You look forward. You ask for permission to get the you know to get your wallet out. You don't make any sudden movements. You sh- always show respect. It's like. Why is it that we are held to a different standard as to like how we should be respected as human beings? You know, like I, I want to see that it's equal for everyone. If that's going to be the case, it needs to be like that for everyone. And it's just like, I don't want to 
live in fear of I can't walk out of my house. I can't like like if you look at how black people are murdered and you find the reasons, we can't do anything. We can't we can't go on a run. Mm-hmm. We can't go shopping. We can't get pulled over by the police. We can't eat ice cream on our couch. We can't watch television. We can't like there's nowhere that's safe. And it's like I don't think that people get the magnitude of that mm-hmm. while being in black skin because it's like I there's nothing I can do and my life can be taken away at any second. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much schooling I've been in. Doesn't matter how, right. how educated I've been. It doesn't matter how great mm-hmm. my parents have raised me. It doesn't none of that matters. All of that like yeah. when they see you, mm-hmm. they see danger. Yeah, no, completely it's just, unwarranted. It's, it's hard, and, dude. It's uh, hard. My friend Kyle sent me a video on Instagram last night kind of just highlighting exactly what you just said. Um, so these uh, two police officers were trying to arrest this black man because they said that he looked exactly like this guy that they were looking for, this guy that was on the run, whatever. And he's like, I'm not who you think I am. Like, you don't have any right to put your hands on me. I'm literally hanging out with my friends. I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. There's no crime. Please get away from me. And they're like, you need to get up. We're going to handcuff you. And they're trying to take him away because he resembles the person that they think that he is. And he's trying to mm-hmm. um, resist just verbally, mm-hmm. obviously not physically, because he'd fucking get shot. And he, he's laughing because he's like, they finally mm-hmm. get him up and they put him in handcuffs. And he's like, you know what? Take out my wallet. Take out my wallet out of my back pocket since you don't believe that I'm not the person that you think I am. They took it out. And guess what, bitch? He was an FBI agent. <laughs> they uncuffed his ass so mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. So quick. They said, well, we weren't trying to do it. Like, no, you guys are backtracking mm-hmm. now. Because you saw a black man. And your first thing was, well, it's easy for us to just lock him up and then not listen to anything he says because this country doesn't care about you. And yeah, we see. don't care about you. So we yeah, can just you do whatever the fuck we with you. But yeah, he oh was an FBI gosh, I was agent. Dying. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was cussing them out. He said, "You guys are idiots." He's like, "Give me your badge mm-hmm. number. And give even me your badge then, number, and give me your badge number." I'm reporting you I'm just like, the fact you guys—they all look like dogs. He was still being rude. I'm like, but you can't admit the fact that you profiled him. Like, we just thought yep. you were the, the guy. You just look just like him. Why? Yeah. Because all black people look yep. alike, right? Get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. It's bl- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit is crazy. And you know what? I think that what's so different about this movement other than the whole fucking world is doing it, probably, you know, it's probably the biggest march in history, mm-hmm. or at least we are making history right now. It's like, do you not see all of these people coming together just for one simple thing? No one fucking wants to be like racially profiled we literally just want to exist like why is that such a hard thing to ask for why it's so i don't get it why is racism so a part of american history i mean it's it's global but it's so enriched in the soil of america that Mm -hmm. to not be racist is seen as un-american yeah I guess that the next thing that I want to go ahead and like cover is obviously I do have a lot of friends who are white, you know, friends who 
who, mm-hmm. who do want to be allies, friends who do want to help. And I guess us being people of color, what can we tell, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are white, who do want to be allies, who do want to help? Because I mean, I was speaking to one of them today. And I told her about the whole Facebook such like, you know, situation. And she commented immediately. Mm-hmm. She's the first one to like, you know, stick her neck out there. And she was yeah. just saying how like, she would love to be on the podcast with us today, but she's so afraid right. of saying the wrong thing to the point where she uh-huh. will be, you know, it will be looked at that she believes a certain mm-hmm. way when obviously she doesn't, you right. know? So it's like, I get yeah. them really wanting to help and I get them really wanting to be there for us. So I guess our responsibility would be to give them some tips for, you know, the mm-hmm. black people that are yeah. in their life, you know? Well, you know, just to start off with that, I mean, it's not necessarily like black people's responsibility to educate white people, but I know for us, like these are people that we know are authentic, so it's different. Um, but I think it's very important for white people who don't want to live in a racist world is to do the research, to look, read books about like ways to become anti-racist or to just, to like, take that mindset that you were growing up in and to flip it. I think that that's the first thing that you should do. But the second thing you should do is to let Black people speak and like amplify what they have to say. Don't speak over them with what you think. Retweet people that are saying facts. Retweet donations and like do donations. Donate money if you can. If you want to go protest, go protest. Um, do the work like it's not it's more than just saying oh I'm so sorry this is happening mm-hmm. okay well what are you going to do mm-hmm. about it to change it saying sorry is not going to do anything so you literally and physically have to be active in doing the work it's not just going to happen overnight it's going to be a long process um, I just mm-hmm. think it's important for, for sure. you to and really I, really start now I just want to like piggyback off of what you're saying and you know when you say that it's not black people's responsibility to educate white people I feel like in terms of the people that are coming to us directly as friends who want to support there's just so much information Mm -hmm. out there there's so much information that you don't want to believe the wrong thing and you don't want to take on something that isn't true or isn't accurate. And the reason that Mm -hmm. you are feeling the way that you are so passionately is because there are black people that you care about deeply in your life that are being affected and you want to help them in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're, you know, coming to you for the education and mm-hmm. you know in addition to researching on their own i do think yeah. that it is important to tell your own story because you know not obviously not every person has the same story and the things that you experience aren't the same things that robert experienced but it yeah. is all part of the black experience and it's so important mm-hmm. to make that personalization within yeah. that conversation that you have with the people that are close to you because they are close to you it's significant but yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. two cents mm-hmm. on what people can do. Um, I think that if you are silent, you are part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that change is not going to happen yep. by um, us yelling at the police. So as civilians, I think that 
police mm-hmm. will make changes when their peers or higher up speak to them and that is why it warms my heart when I see all of the different police officers that are taking a stand against what is happening and they are joining in on the riots and they are joining in mm-hmm. on protests and they're supporting the protests because you know it's one thing for for you to tell a cop to fuck off but it's another thing for their equal to tell them to fuck off and you know the minnesota government like i completely applaud them for opening an investigation on the minneapolis police department because that's just one step Mm -hmm. to you know what needs to happen within our lifespan hopefully and you know we have to be the change you want to see yeah yeah, for me, I mean, I guess I, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, like, obviously, like I said, a lot of my friends are white. And so this whole entire situation has just been really hard because what what you realize is, is that, like, all of this is affecting you, mm-hmm. yes, but it's also affecting the people around you. So you become very observant on who is saying something, who's not saying something, or who's mm-hmm. reposting, or who is doing yeah. work. So it's like... The one thing that I can say that I appreciate from my counterparts, you know, is that whenever I, whenever I do en- enact the conversation and I do want to have the conversation, just like Latif said, they give me the space to talk. It's not that I'm asking you to support me. It's not anything. It's that maybe I'm just upset and I want to vent, you know, and you guys mm-hmm. are the people who are close to you. You guys are my friends. But the one thing that happened to me today is that Josh, one of my best friends, like, I've I've been talking about this. It's been going on for a while. This is a situation that's, you know, been on, ongoing. And, like, you know, obviously, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. So he's been allowing me to vent and all that stuff. But he also hasn't really spoken up or voiced his opinion. So it made me feel a little bit uneasy just because whenever you're saying something so personal and something that's attached to you so deeply and somebody is just like, listening it makes you think what what are they thinking you know it makes you think where do they stand Mm -hmm. where like is what i'm saying actually meaning anything to them and today he like went out of himself to like but like before we even started recording the podcast he asked me could he come and like just sit in and listen to what like you know what is that that we were going to be talking about and what it is that we were going to be saying and just support me and i told him that i you know declined it not because I don't appreciate the support or anything, but it's just that this is something that's so personal and in and, and all honesty, I've never had somebody watch me do the podcast. It becomes like, you know, you are entertainment and you are a show. So I didn't really want that, but it was, it was very yeah. important that he, you know, after that came out and said, Hey brother, I just want you to know that I support you. I stand with you and I believe in everything that you are up against. And, you know, we can do this together. You know, like my, my biggest mm-hmm. thing is that, if you are a white person and you care about a black person, you need to vocalize it. You need to tell them, you need to say it because even though they might feel like, you know, yes, I might have their support because they're my friend. I don't want your support because you're my friend. I want your, mm-hmm. I want your support yeah. because you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough to just have a black friend and that's the reason yeah. why you care. Like we need you to care about humanity and to not be selfish to care that someone's life was lost. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that people need to just like, just care in general about what's happening in this country. The fact that someone's life is being taken for no reason. Mm -hmm. That should be enough reason to be upset. 
that should be more than enough reason. So yeah, like you were saying, I'm really, really happy that Minnesota is taking um, some legal action. I'm hoping to see the same from different states because uh, LAPD's um, <laughs> police department hot mess. Um, <laughs> you're a hot mess express. And they actually have a fucking military base oh. downtown. But that's kind of where all the riots were. But they have a they t- they turn they turn the convention center to like this military base for, for like the National oh. Guard. I'm like, you guys are so quick to mobilize the National Guard and its curfew, but we have a hundred thousand people that died on this country mm-hmm. from a virus that you could have prevented from having people mm-hmm. stay home. I'm. I'm like, y'all don't care. You know, the job that I worked at um, called mm-hmm. Wasteland actually got looted over the weekend. And at first, I'm like, shit, that's kind of sad because my friend still works there. I mean, they weren't there because yeah. obviously they're closed. But then I thought, he told me that they wanted them to go back to work on June 3rd. I'm like, we have no kind of, no kind of grasp of this virus. And you're like, so ready to get people to go back to work and risk their health mm-hmm. for monetary gain, I'm going to loot them. I'm saying. There's just bigger now issues. Now they're going to be taking pictures. Like, you know, 2020 has been a year. Girl! Quite the year. Girl, I told you this. Last Ooh, year, I'm like, I feel like 2020 is going to be a big way year. too big. This year, yeah. girl. Girl. I guess to, to like to end it off, I wanted I wanted to like talk about the last thing that's happening today, right now. How do you guys feel mm-hmm. about this whole Blackout Tuesday thing? Um, you know, I didn't know what was going on until like maybe an hour or two ago. Um, I mean, I think it's cute. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm happy they changed the hashtag because they were doing Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, and then mm-hmm. you know you couldn't see anything because it's a bunch of fucking yeah. black pictures. But I do like that people yeah. are posting in solidarity. So, like, it's a visual mm-hmm. aspect. You know that this person next to this name is, you know, proud of this movement and is a part of this movement. Even walking to the post office this morning, I saw, I mean, places were boarded up. But on top of those boards, it says Black Lives Matter. So it's like communities are coming together. People are marching. I think that seeing all the support is monumental and tremendous because mm. you if sometimes it feels like it's yeah. just us and i don't want that because i love everyone i have friends of all nationalities all ethnicities and it's just like i mm-hmm. don't want it to only feel like it's only us against yeah. the world so it's so nice to see that all these people are standing up and they're like joining this movement um, yeah this so, absolutely I mean, you know, is I'm, a very unifying moment for a lot of different communities um when I first saw the, I, I didn't honestly know that this Blackout Tuesday was happening, um, but I saw obviously like my entire timeline was like black and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so I, I looked at it and it's just, it was really funny to me because a lot of people that posted for Blackout Tuesday, this was their first comment about the entire movement all together within the past week not one thing has said Uh has been said about the black lives movement sorry black lives matter movement or george floyd and i'm just like 
it makes me think that people are only doing this for clout. People are doing this because if they don't do it as yeah. a yes. media entity, then they're going to be shit on. They're going to be canceled. Yes. They're not they're going to be seen true, as not supporting yeah, it. And then they're going to be shunned because it's such a big thing. The black community. They're doing it because they have to do it. And so, you know, I, I yes, it is great to see you know, yeah. such a unified movement happens, such a unified, like, you know, process happens throughout social media. But at the same time, mm-hmm, yeah. it is so trendy. But it does seem very, like, trendy because yeah. that's what it is. Exactly. So, I mean, like, you know, at, at surface level, it's nice that this mm-hmm. person is at least not racist enough to not do it. But, I know. Um, I just need and you to do a little I more. Just, like, sure. <laughs> I'm not gonna like name any names, of course, but it work. was the catalyst to this thought is this one girl that I follow that her um family is quite wealthy. They are um white, Italian, whatever, same shit. Mm. Um, and she yeah. hasn't posted anything about any any of like the Black Lives Matter movement anything at all she's been posting her normal social media stuff for her sponsors for this for that and only Mm. today did she post the black lives um matter you know blackout tuesday picture and i know for a fact that her family is for republican they do not care for black people at all they do not like gay people and they've had open conversations about it and they're disgusted by it so i'm just like oh it's so funny the behind closed doors i know that you have these discussions but online because you need to keep your you know your followers you need to keep you need to show face you post you keep face. a black yeah. picture yeah congratulations bitch i'm just gonna go ahead and like yeah. piggyback on on that and just like just like just just like you guys are saying, your the intentions need to be real. They need to be true. Cause just like Brady said, I've seen people who posted about like, oh, the the rioting and the lures and the protests, they're all so bad, blah, blah, blah. Next post, Black Lives Matter, Blackout Tuesday. And it's like, okay, cool. You you you, you have to pick a side. So what is you it? need to pick a side. Like, you know, like you were you were just saying one thing and now you're saying the other. And then to go ahead and like add mm. to that, there's also these people who are getting dressed up. And going out to these protests yeah. like it's a goddamn photo shoot and literally having a photo shoot because uh-huh. it is trendy. It is the cool thing to do. It's the hip thing that's going on right now. It's like, guess what? We don't have time for that. We don't need it. We don't want it. We don't need you there. Like, if you think that this is a trend, yeah. then you need to be smacked up because yeah. this is not, this is life and death for us. This is not a game. So while you over yeah. here playing bank, playing yeah. games, taking pictures for Instagram, you know, trying to make sure that your followers, followers know that you're hashtag woke. You know, definitely because when I saw all this coming out and all these people talking about, oh, we just stay together, this and that, I'm like, what, bitch? Where did you come from out of the woodwork like that? I've never heard you say anything about anything black at all. And you know, go ahead, let's see, (laughs) girl. You know, (laughs) you know, I (laughs) I live in Los Angeles. So that should be enough said about that whole topic of people doing this whole performative ass wokeness. Um, there's actually this gay guy who is like a photographer. He's white and from Australia. And he is like, I don't want to call him a fetishizer. <laughs> so I'm going to just call him a fetishizer. So he, 
his boyfriend's black. His last boyfriend was black, and I don't know where this happened because his first he was married, and like the guy wasn't black. So I'm not sure if he's like living out this fantasy now. But girl, when I tell you he's trying to be more pro black than the actual black people, it is so crazy. And he was trying to put together a peaceful protest that was supposed to happen, I think, yesterday. And his emphasis was on peace. Like, you know, like the other ones weren't like, we won't be like the other people. We won't be like the rioters and looters. Like there's a right way to protest something. So he was trying to do that and people started questioning it. He's like, um, do you have a permit? Do you have like a medical tent? Do you like know like what to do if like things go south? And then on his, on his um, Instagram story, he basically says like, if we see anybody like, you know, being aggressive, we'll point you out to the police. And people were not putting up with that. They're like, wait, so you're putting together a protest for Black Lives Matter against police brutality, but if you see someone being aggressive, you're going to point yeah. them out to the police? It's like, first of all, you shouldn't even be doing, like, this isn't, you're not even knowledgeable in the aspect of putting a protest together. Leave that to the Black people who have been doing this for years, doing this for the organizations that have been doing this. Like, you are trying to be this white savior. You want to have this moment where you take pictures and, like, post pictures of Black Lives Matter. And, like, his, Girl, his reference we are long past that. Posters where people holding flowers. Like, we're, like, some hippie retreat. I said, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know Mm-mm. what you're doing. So obviously people are like, you know, dragging him. He had to go on private and everything. So basically I say all that to say is like, do not do this to be performative because maybe in the past people were like, you know what? All the voices we have, the barrier. Yeah. But now and you know, people are calling people out I, left and uh, right. It's like, I, I don't do that, that shit. Don't do it. In terms of that, Trust is that, me. you know, people are rioting and they're looting trying to create awareness and trying to like send a message just to be like hey what has happened for you to realize that you know real shit is going down um but there are people who are just taking advantage Mm. of the chaos that is ensuing and they are looting just to loot and they don't give a fuck about the movement and all this shit and Mm -hmm. don't get it twisted with the movement there are people who are doing that shit just to be chaotic just to steal shit just because they're fucking bored because they're on quarantine and then there are people who are doing it to make a change so you know don't get that shit twisted guys that's exactly it. Uh, yeah, I just, I just really wish that the conversation on looting could, we can be said and done with, because now everyone's upset. Like the corporations that can easily Girl, rebuild you know this why, target though, right? or easily rebuild these places are talking about their stuff being stolen. I'm like, you guys are. Th- <laughs> they're like, oh my god. I know exactly why they're doing it, but I just want them to know why they're doing dollars, it. Like um... a billion this year, I'm gonna make only like one million. What? Well, you know, <laughs> it's it's because it, this whole American ideology they see they see this whole the power thing. They think that you know. I too can one day be a millionaire. And if I just, you know, work hard and, you know, mm-hmm. be racist towards black people so I feel uh, um, superior over them, then I too will be just like this person. So when they see these these places being eluded, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> these, like, these black people stay on this country and, you know, and this they is how they repay us. Because, oh my That's God, now I can go to Target. <laughs> oh my God. 
I can't go to Target anymore. Like they they are so they are so worried about getting back to their regular it's- lives that they want this to be over because they just want us to be quiet again. Yeah. That's why they want the peaceful protest. They're like, you know what? It was better mm-hmm. when you guys were quiet because I can choose to listen and I can just ignore you. And if I didn't want to say anything, no one will, will hear you because you're, you're, you're doing it peacefully. It's like, no, we're done with that. And I feel like I don't see this, like, I don't see this simmering down anytime soon unless things are resolved. You know what I mean? Like back in the past, we're like, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll cool off because maybe change will happen. But we just see it time and time and time again. And I want to thank Twitter for being like, well, Jack from Twitter, who made Twitter, because it's a private website, for clocking Trump, for like in, insisting on violence and mm-hmm. for ha- giving a platform to our generation to get unbiased news sources. Because watching the actual news, which I don't do, is so biased. And I can see how there's a whole generation of older white people mm-hmm. who think the way they do and, they, and see us as criminals because that's all they portrayed us as. So we get, give them facts and we give them, we give them um, back checks. We have receipts. Mm-hmm. We have all this information to back us. You literally cannot argue with us anymore. Like we, we, everything's at our fingertips. Like it's a quick Google search. Yeah. Now it's facts against feelings, and facts will always yeah. win. I just, I just want people to like understand that like this is real. Like you know, going back to what Brittany said before, a life was lost on this planet. A life that will never come back. These people that loved him, he had mm-hmm. a fiance, he had kids, he had people that you know cousins. He the, the bottom line is this man had people that loved him. So while you guys are over here mourning mm-hmm. Target that can come back with a fucking right. you know swipe of a card and an assurance mm-hmm. you know this person will never mm-hmm. be on this planet again this person will never come back again and there's too many of us that have lost our lives to this same this same type of violence mm-hmm. so it's like we don't give a shit about your your material things that doesn't mean anything to us it means literally mm-hmm. nothing so when you're crying about oh my god my business my business my business guess what oh my god my black brothers and sisters that are dying sorry I don't know what to tell you yeah, it's like, you know, I always say this to people, too. Um, they talk about the looting and then the destruction, and they obviously omit everything that happened in the past when white people also did similar things. Um, they talk about the destruction. I'm like, you guys are talking about, oh, wow, this is illegal and it's against the mm-hmm. law. They're criminals. It's like, at what point do you think that they stop abiding to these laws that, you, that are oppressing them? Do you think that they care? about being called labeled a criminal like you them being killed is not you using the law re- against the people regardless that are killing them. so why would they still abide not, by this law that's them as a criminal them. they don't give a way, fuck so about target the might as well commit the crime <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. right exactly <laughs> so i say loot away just stay away from my street <laughs> um, leave people <laughs> leave innocent people but you know what i haven't seen i haven't heard any kind of information about people like looting neighborhoods so i'm like honestly if they're just doing it to businesses i don't care it's like they're not doing it to like to people's houses or like to like um no, neighborhoods it's definitely, or, like, it's definitely you know, all been commercial so far and i guess that like i think we all covered yeah. like you know this statement hopefully we all feel better but i guess closing thoughts is that mm-hmm. i just want to feel comfortable with the skin that i'm in i want to be able to live life just like everybody else. I want to not be looked at as a threat. I want to not be Mm -hmm. afraid 
to be stopped by the cops. I want to be able to go to the grocery store. I want to be able to go through life without having the fear of dying. And I don't want to have to explain my existence to somebody else. I don't want to have to argue as to why I should be allowed to live freely to somebody else. I feel like that's something that we all agreed a long time ago should be, you know, the whole, you know, given, given to all Americans. And until that is happens, then I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to keep having these hard conversations and mm-hmm. it will, mm-hmm. there, this change will happen. It's not a, that's not an if. It's so, a so my final thoughts is I want okay. to stop hearing about Brittany, these fucking statement. deaths happening. I want to stop turning on the news and seeing black people killed for no goddamn fucking reason and see people standing around and cops standing around like nothing is a fucking problem. Uh-huh. You know, I want people's lives, human lives to matter again. And, yeah. you know, I just want the the world to be in a more positive place, like as utopia, as a sound, whatever. Um change needs to happen and i am right there with everyone else in this movement it's fucking sick and tired and i want to get to the place where i can be around a large group of white people and not feel fucking weird yeah yeah i I agree um for me my closing statement is basically the same thing about you. I am a, a masculine presenting black man. Um, so that I will always be seen as that. And I'm proud to be black. There's, like, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You know, everything that you enjoy in this life was created probably by a black person down to culture, music, style, fashion, jazz, you name it. So I just want people to look at us as the humans and as the creative, beautiful people that we are. And also, I am a queer man, so to the gay people who are white and not paying attention, if it wasn't for a Black trans woman, you would not have the rights as a gay individual to, like, live your life the way that you are living it right now. So, um, that's just all I gotta say. I mean, just just be kind, people. I mean, we're just, we're tired of having the same conversation over and over and over again. Me and Brittany just talked about this last week, Uh and we we really hope that, like, moving forward... We won't have to, but guess what? If we do, we'll be right back here talking about this shit again because I think that it's super important to yep. keep current and keep up to up to, up to date with what's going on. And they yep. want us to shut up. And they want us to be know, quiet. And because ending of that, on that note, thank you guys so much for you know giving us the courtesy of having last week off. We are R&B podcast. We'll be back next Friday. And if you guys like this podcast, you agree with our message, go ahead and go into Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, you know, tell your friends about us, help us spread the word, start the conversation, and of course, check us out on Instagram. Our Instagram is the official underscore RNB. Thanks, babe. Thanks, Latif. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for having me.